it's lights out and away we go welcome to an american's guide to formula one now let's start the show Let's start the show indeed. I'm your host, Andy Lewis, and I'm joined via the telephone by... Hey, T-Sauce, the uh, spicy ketchup dad guy co-host. That's right. Well, we had you in person for the pre-race, but a little bit of a spring storm made you want to head home a little earlier um, because we would have had you here in person again, but that's okay. We still get to talk about that absolutely crazy Australian Grand Prix. Yeah, crazy. I think it would have been crazier than trying to figure out how mom and I were going to navigate the snowstorm. That's right. Because you know, we're old. We're old. We don't like I can't, anymore. I don't know about you, but I can't remember a more chaotic Australian Grand Prix ever that it, since I've been watching the sport. I can't remember a more chaotic Grand Prix. And I haven't watched it longer than you. There's a couple that come to mind that were pretty wild. Um but it was absolutely you up mean, there. You mean Dumb Spa? Dumb Spa. Dumb Spa. Dumb Spa. Suzuka in that tsunami where Jules died, which made it uh, less fun because Jules dying. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is up there. Brazil in the wet with Max driving like a rally driver. Um, <laughs> Lewis, yeah. Lewis charging back in 2020. I mean, there's... It's up there, and some well, pretty wacky and exciting. I think, things. I think where we have seen the weakness of the upgraded rules and regs in the recent past that the FIA has created yeah. has really come back to bite him in the butt. And so, from that standpoint, this is very exposing and revealing along those lines about some rule changes that we'll probably see next race. Well, let's jump right into it because that's kind of bringing us on to one of our first talking points. But as usual, we're going to go through the uh, finishing order in reverse, starting with our DNFers, which we have quite a few to get through, and it's going to bring us on to what you were just about to touch on. So, I think there was a... We could say there was a plenty. There was a plenty. A plethora. Um, Okay, so Charles Leclerc was the first one on lap one, which kind of throws your race predictions out of the window. (laughs) (laughs) Lap one, turn one. Um, I think I think I had like a some kind of a moment there. Where where did why did I say Leclerc would be third? Come on, I don't know. I don't know why you, you also should, said Alonzo would have, win and Perez would compete. You should have slapped me because I was right there across the table from you and say, what? You I have was a pretty moment? close. I had, I had Max winning and getting pulled, so I got those. And I had Alonzo coming P3, which was correct. But I, too, had Perez P2. I think we really thought that Red Bull was going to make more of a gains, which it did, but it didn't make quite as much as we thought it would. And I think that all the red flags and stuff may have hindered that a little bit too. But lap well, one, turn one, we have Leclerc coming to contact with none other than Strolly Boy <laughs> and going off into the gravel there at turn one and getting beached. 
which brings in a safety car, right? Correcto. And but it because it's lap one, turn one. There's no movement, and we get going again. Um. Well, the safety car only lasted for like three laps because they were able to get just it. hoist yeah. the Ferrari over the fence. So that they're, was quick. They're used to, let's say, that's a common instance or incident <laughs> there at, at Albert Park of Melbourne. That, that turn one's very tight, and we saw it many times to come. We'll, we'll get there. Well, yeah, we'll see that they were stacking the cars in with the crane in there with regularity. So. Yeah. Then it looked, it looked like a it looked like a used car lot there for a while. So that's Leclerc out. Then our next to go was Alex Albon. We made it all the way to lap seven before. <laughs> <laughs> I think we saw the 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 lack of downforce and rear grip that 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 Williams is struggling with because we had a moment of oversteer and then that just put Albon right into the wall. Yeah. Um, well, that played into our prediction there. Because he was running sixth at the time, and we were talking about how that Williams would be in the top ten. In the top ten, he would have securely been in the top ten, I think, if not for that yeah. incident. He was having an absolutely fantastic race, and he absolutely did astonishing at qualifying. Yeah, he so held the fastest middle sector the entire Q one, Q two, and Q three. He could not max for stopping in a Red Bull, could not outbeat Albon in a Williams through the middle sector of Albert Park. That's how good that, 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 that's how fast that. Yeah. Williams Which is. is a shame. I mean, you know, we all know the heritage of Williams and golly. But I just think you just Albon's hate, you hate just to see him running doing, like this. Albon's just been doing amazing since he got dropped from Red Bull. I wish he could have been this Albon. When he was at Red Bull. But, you know, mm. yeah, I think you had to lose to gain, if you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. You know, Albon's, peaks and valleys of your life, yeah. Albon's incident takes, um, we get uh, our first red flag. But at first it goes to a safety car for a while. Well, and, one lap. and Which but, sucked in. <laughs> which sucked in people to pit. Yeah, George and Sainz. All of us. George and Sainz, which I think was a brilliant call, right? Because they were both right there. And George is, George, let's not forget that George is leading. George gets an amazing start, passes Max on opening lap. Oh, yeah. Let's not, let's not forget that cool part of it. Well, both Mercedes jump Max. Yeah, it was a very, I mean, we were going to talk about this when we get, get there, but let's, let's just, We'll pause for now. We gotta leave. We gotta dangle something for the listeners to keep listening for. But George was leading an excellent move on the opening lap. Pits because he must like that safety car went out, and George must have been right by entry and just come in. And so does science. Science follows him. And that drops them way down. But if we wouldn't have gotten the eventual red flag that we would have gotten. George says, he said after the race, or after he retired from the race, that he would have, he think he's pretty confident that his hards pitting on lap seven would have made it to the end of the race. And I'm, 
I'm I think based on the tire dig that we saw on the hard, I think he could have done that. I think Max on a different strategy inevitably would have passed him. And that's keeping that his car, you know, yes, his tires could have made it, but see we know now that his car couldn't have because um on lap eighteen the engine let go and it looked like the Batmobile from <laughs> from the early uh Batmobiles flame coming out the back. That was pretty wild, huh? Yeah. That was like your heart did kind of sink. He was doing so good. I mean, he qualified. Yeah. He out-qualified Lewis on pace. He was two-tenths off of Max after qualifying. He jumps him at the lead. He makes the right call. And then this weird, this red flag crap comes in. So that brings us kind of to what you were touching on earlier of like the, the manufacturing of the of intrigue there was an element of well we're gonna we're gonna keep the spectacle high at at australia right isn't that what you were saying with all the red flags well i don't know i don't know what i was saying well okay so <laughs> let's for since we're so since we're a guide to formula one we still have young listeners joining us at all the time thanks for tuning in guys but why do oh, we yeah. have red flags? In the what, 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 what should listeners do, by the way? Well, they should subscribe, please. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Dad, why yeah. do we have red flags anyways? What's the point of a red flag? It's all about safety. Yeah. Safety to the, to the spectators, safety to the drivers, safety to the teams. S- safety, safety to the marshals that are going out on track. Like, let's not forget that safety car speeds are still flat out in a supercar. <laughs> like... It's they're going by fast. I mean, I know that Max is constantly complaining about how fast safety cars drive, but I mean, it's hundreds of miles an hour still. And it they need like with an incident like what we had with Albon in the first safety car, there was a ton of debris and a ton of gravel out on the road. And they had to put 30, 40 marshals out on the field to sweep all that up and get the yeah. car off the road and all the broken carbon fiber. Um, and so a red flag does make sense in that. We have to remember that it makes sense. There's a reason why we have red flags. But I remember back when we first started watching, it was super duper rare to get a red flag. Like really rare. Uh, yeah. Like one to three a whole season, I would say. Like there were some yeah. seasons where you wouldn't even see a red flag incident the entire time, right? Granted, I would- we weren't following as close back then, and I think we were. There was less action, so maybe that's we're seeing that with the rule changes. But to see three red flags in a single race—it's unprecedented, and it seems a little bit manufactured. Well, wasn't there something about there's only been one race in the history of Formula One that's had three, or this was the race that's it's, had it's something the most? Like that. So it's very unusual. So I have two questions for you. Are we having too many red flags? And because of the red flag coming in, it screwed science in Russell's race completely because they were about to have a huge strategic advantage over everybody else who didn't come in on that. But when they threw the red flag, that now allowed Max and Lewis, who are now ahead of both of them, to do the same tire change that they did with no penalty. Yes, you know, Russell and Science got half the well, no, penalty. Ti- no, because they no, time, no time penalty. Let's clarify that. No 
no loss of time and or position. Well, yeah. Because you could. But so, they lost time and position. So why do you, why is it why are cars allowed to be worked on under a red flag scenario? Well, if if I think probably it stems back to okay, if the incident that caused the red flag was that serious, there's probably damage to other cars. And if you didn't repair that damage, then you would be losing chunks of the car. Which or could potentially be... cause more safety issues. So it's a safety issue. Right. Most of the time right. it's punctures. So you can change, you know, your tires. Right. Or, or you, you got, got a wing. Yeah, you got to repair so you don't have so, dangling off and flying into other cars. But but the thing is, is why, why don't you call the red flag initially? Why run safety car for one lap, which use my term, suck people in, which it's, you know, the strategy, the proper strategy. But then it turns into this race ruining situation when, oh, gee whiz, maybe we ought to, maybe we ought to well, yeah. put everybody in the pit. Remember later so, the next um, DNF2 was Kevin Magnuson when he bangs the wall up. It took them almost a whole lap to even throw a safety car out before they threw another red flag out. So it's like yeah. the safety aspect, they're, they're slacking on, on multiple fronts. But back to being able to work on the car, I still think, yes, you could change the tires, but why do you get to change tires to the next compound? I think an easy way to alleviate that advantage or to null avoid that advantage and still be able to be safe is you have you yes you can change your your tires under a red flag it has to go onto the compound you are already running on though. Uh, that's a great point you bring up. Because then you wouldn't get this free, absolutely free pit stop. Because let's not pitting under a safety car. Yes, it, it's it's less damaging to your total time because the cars are moving at a at a at a stunted pace, but. When it's a red flag, they're not moving at all, and you don't even have to come in and lose your position at all. And Correct. I just don't like that. I don't. I don't like that they can. They like it. It's hard, right? I like it when it happens to the guy that I want it to happen to, <laughs> but I hate it when it happens to you know Max in this case. Um. So, and I just I think if it's unfair at all, it's unfair, right? And I think that, you know, IndyCar and other racing series do things to limit that extreme advantage. And I think Formula One could learn from that because then I think it will also alleviate the desire to see red flags. I mean, I like the restarts. It is more interesting, but it's also if the red flag is for safety, putting a standing restart with two laps to go at a turn with that is as infamous for collisions as turn one at Albert Park, that seems like you're manufacturing danger rather than eliminating it, first of all, or avoiding well, it. not manufacturing it. I think you're, you're setting creating, up for failure. <laughs> yeah. You're creating a situation in which it's rife to happen because yeah. they're racing. I was listening to the, you know, I got this idea to kind of talk about this, but from the race where they bring up these points as well. But they, you know, they're saying these guys are racing drivers. You know, if there's an opportunity, they're going to take it, and that's what you see 
on that final uh, red flag is six drivers leaving the, the circuit. Six places going to somebody else because, of course, an incident is going to happen. Of course. Well, four are, four are completely out. And, yeah, because both Williams and both Alpines were, couldn't even, I mean, they're totally out and then everybody else. But they still fell in, but the way it ended, they, they really didn't lose. I don't know why I said that. That was kind of. But another interesting point, because of how many red flags and safety cars we had, I heard on one point, on lap 47, both McLaren and Aston Martin had no racing pit stops. So I don't think they ever had a racing pit stop that entire race. Mean, meaning mm. that their pit crew never had to do right. a pressured stop every time was under a red flag. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't, you can't, can't make that up. So, no. So do you How think... You Boy, do you're, you, you're really good at this. <laughs> do you think that, that we should do something about red flags and being able to work on the car? Or do you, do you think it's the way it is and that's just the luck of the break? What do you say? Well, I think, I think the first red flag was justified. There was so much, I mean, so much gravel on the road. Of course it was justified. Um, I think even the, the second red flag was justified. Uh, really? I just don't, I don't know. I don't know if they should have done, a, I think they could have done a rolling restart and it would have been, we still could have had a lap of racing, but it wouldn't have been carnage. We could have done a, a safety car restart. Right, and that's in the the. I mean, she, the other thing they've is done it multiple times. They do it. It's up to the the steward and FIA right. director or race director to. They can make that call. There is no rule right. in. The, there is no red like rule in the rules. <laughs> There's no section in the rules that say it has to be a standing restart or it has to be a rolling restart or it does it or it even lays out conditions for each. It's up to the race directors call and i think the liberty media spectacle you know this new era of formula one that i do like i like the spectacle but spectacle for spectacle's sake and disregarding safety and stuff i'm not for i i do like a good standing restart but with two laps left i think it's a little bit silly i think it's a little bit reckless and we saw some dangerous situations that we could have just completely avoided. And we ended up finishing under a safety car anyways, so it, it was all completely void. All of the efforts to make a spectacle, we ended up just wasting a bunch of time <laughs> and uh, yeah. finishing under a safety car It was car 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, 2 o'clock in the morning, man. Dude. So, yeah. I mean, and we were but, – but there is uh, the race – uh, Gary Anderson brought this up on the race that there is a rule in the regulations that says if there is time left in the three-hour broadcasting window, they have to restart the race. So that's why under the, la the last safety car, last red flag, they couldn't just do race will not resume. They had to. They legally and they had deals and there's a regulation in the rules that say they had to restart the race. So that's why we ended up having that final under the yeah. safety car finish. That, and I think they need pictures and 
you know, to get the cars back in order for uh, photos and the podium and everything. Well, yeah, they have to complete if they're, you know, if their time, if the race hasn't ended based on the time restriction, you have to complete all, in this case, 58 laps of the race. And I think they finished the race with like four or five minutes left. So uh, I can understand that, but why wasn't it just a rolling Well, we why couldn't we just have finished under the safety car from Magnuson's crash on 54 anyways? There's only four right. laps. Why did they, like, that? that's why I'm, well, I guess so I'm, I'm going to contradict myself. I don't think we should have had that second run flag. I think they were yeah. trying to manufacture, or if they would, or if they did, it shouldn't have been a standing start. Because I think you would have had one safety car lap and then one racing lap. I'm trying to figure out why. What, what, I was trying to, and I don't know. I haven't listened to any podcast or uh, anything after the race that talked about what just why that was thought to be justified as a red flag moment. That it was just um, because they were one. trying. It's the same thing that happened Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one. They didn't want to end under a safety car. They wanted to have well, some sort of racing. Plain and simple. There was well, no safety reason to do it. They could have finished under a safety car. You and I have watched many of races in the past that just ended yeah. under a safety car. I don't have a problem with it. I think that's that's what I'm getting at. Do you think well, we should have really... under a safety car? Or do you think we should have had the shenanigans that, that played out? Well, I think – why wasn't even a – why didn't they just call a virtual safety car with Magnus? Let's Could have. You know, tidy up the course. They, and... had to put, uh, they had to put a truck out and marshals out. I think anytime they have to put people or, or things out on the yeah. track, they do yeah, a full yeah, safety yeah, yeah. car. But that still yeah. would have given – that was 53 that, that that Magnuson incident happened on. 54, wasn't it? It happened I have 54 on 53. In my I know. It happened on 53. They called the safety car on 54. That's what I was saying earlier, that they, they dropped okay. the ball there. And then and then they called the red flag at 55. Yep. And then they came back out with only two laps. But I think they could have done a rolling start, a full safety car restart, just like any other safety car, that they would have left the safety car out. We If they would have just left the safety car out, cleared the track, got going, we could have had one lap of racing, but they would have been going so that the yeah. propensity for a huge incident wouldn't have been there as or wouldn't have been as high as a standing start. Agreed. But they're and trying that's where, to manufacture that's... this spectacle. And they got it, but it also cost, you know, uh DeVries, Ocon, Gasly, and Sargent to not be in the race at all. Yeah. And who and, and we got lucky that none of those were super serious crashes. Oh yeah, those are some some Joe turned I mean, those Silverstone cars. incidences. You know, there, there's a propensity where that could have been pretty bad. And you're saying it's out of safety that you did that? I don't think so. I think it's spectacle, and I don't like it. I think that, that last red flag shouldn't have happened. At worst, we should have finished under a safety car, which is what we ended up doing in the at the end, and it would have saved and us anyway, a, t- a half yeah. an hour. Well, and it, yeah, that, that's, that's my, my beef with it. It also exactly. would have saved us the other drama of the restart order, which I didn't like, and I didn't like that they 
what was your what your opinion on how they because you know after that crash and we did this the the red flag for the final one you know mm-hmm. and science got his penalty and then they reset the order do you think and then because Haas was you know um I think uh where is he Hulkenberg well, after after Gunter. that Hulkenberg would have been in P four. I think uh, both the McLarens would have been well in the top 10. I think Norris would have been P5 or something. He ended up being P6 anyways. But Piastri would have been right up there as well, P7. And they they reverted the order back to the grid, which I learned again from the race that that is – everybody was saying, well, they had to, that's what they did at Silverstone when they had an incident like that. But unlike Silverstone – at Albert Park, the second safety car line is right after the pits. So all of the cars had already gone past the second safety car line. There was a line that they could have taken a positioning ordering from, and they did not. So Yeah, I, that, that just got so confusing to me. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I guess um, all, maybe it was that not all the cars had gotten through, but you could have, you could have come up with an order. And it would have been fair. Now you're talking about the, the the sector one, uh, not sector one, safety car two safety line. Safety car. Okay. So remember when we were talking in in Saudi Arabia that under the safety car there's a safety car one line and a safety car two line, right? And you, yeah. there's no speed in between the two of them. At Albert Park, that safety car two line is right at the end of the pits, so. Once you go through turn one, you've gone through safety to car two line, but it's not the same way at Silverstone. And that's what everybody was referencing to restart the order with no positions lost or gained. From the restart, they were citing safety car two line, but in safety, but here at Albert Park, most of the cars had already gone through that line. So well, I, don't, I, I don't like I, that reorder either. Well, but you see, they also is there's a regulation that says that the order of the cars remains the same until you finish sector one. That okay, and I don't know if but and that was another aspect of this. Well, this, again, this is what we're talking about: how it is exposing because that would have. I mean, that saved Alonso's race. Because him, him and Science came well, together. It saved, on that. it saved Ocon and Gasly's position. You know, they they finished. Both you and I were both surprised. Uh, why didn't they finish further down? You know, well, because, because of that they, wreck they had. Yeah, which would have been avoided. So, yeah, so, I don't know. I, I don't like. I don't like all the manipulation. I don't like. I, I think. This is a big blunder. This is this is now the third race of the season where we have had a major controversy based on decisions called by our of our FIA. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I I don't really I am uncertain about all of it. I just don't like the inconsistency. You guys, we need to pick one thing that happens when one thing happens. <laughs> you know, if we get this, it causes this. It can't be these discretionary calls. 
and well at this track well, it's this track this way and in that track it's this way and in this time well, and that then that happened at and night, then that, so it's different i mean come on the rules should be the rules should be the rules right and the stupid rules should be thrown out say bye-bye because <laughs> because that's another thing that came up in this race with signs is uh five second penalty yeah i think that on, was too harsh i think that was too harsh I don't well, think according to the until the rules and regs, it wasn't, and that's again, it was it was a rule that was put in place uh, what four or five years ago. But why that, didn't why didn't Sergeant get a penalty for running into DeVries? Why didn't um, Gasly get a penalty for causing a collision with Ocon? Well, this is that all happened at the same turn, the same incident. Why is Science the only one who got a penalty? Well. I was listening to the Peter Windsor pod. Uh, shout out to Peter Windsor. That this, up until what four or five years ago, where the rule changed, it was the driver on the inside owns the corner. Okay, no matter if the driver on the outside is ahead, that was always the way it was, and and Peter thought. That's what show it should always be. But now if the out the car on the outside is ahead at the apex, then the driver on the inside has to yield to him. That's the new rule, that rule. I and like that, that rule. I like that rule. No, wait a second. If you put your car in a position that puts you at risk, this is what happened to Leclerc on lap one. Well, this is what this they is were what three happened abreast. to Max they, and he, Lewis as well. He he decided there were the two Aston Martins into turn one. He decided to move to the outside. And what do you think is going to happen? The Astons are going to yield. Yeah, but but he wasn't ahead at turn one. Leclerc wasn't ahead. So well, the idea the race, idea is that, the idea is is that that Windsor's saying that the the driver on the inside of a turn owns the turn. Well, in in the only this is just this is just an increased I think up in the what the rule says is you have to be ahead. So you you're as long as your front wheels aren't aligned you're not ahead. And so that rule still stands that the inside driver still owns the corner. But I think if you if you are bold enough, brave enough or fast enough to get your your car alongside, or in the head. case of Leclerc, foolish enough. Well, but that's that's know, the case. There is he no way the, the 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 driver making the foolish move lost out in that case, which I'm all for. Yeah. Well, but getting back to science, there was no reason for the penalty, in my opinion. Is why if you're going to reset the or- race order anyways, then the incident didn't cause any effect that you're penalizing the driver for. Other than just having a collision, which was effectively a turn one incident, which they usually ignore because they know how likely contact is in a turn one incident. Well, and this is what this is another thing that now that decision to give him a five second penalty created to me an undangerous situation. And I think in actually in actuality was a big part of why. On the third restart, there was that mayhem 
Yeah. Because turn everybody gunning it. Because every because everybody well, you had what four cars that were in contention to to advance by Sainz's five second penalty. Yeah, and so they were all bunched up behind him. You know, going abreast and you know trying to you know um, get you know try to get in that position that five second thing. And I think that grouping of cars was a, a big player in what happened at the end of the race there. Even Alonzo, the person who he caused to spin, said that it was too harsh. That's Alonzo. Alonzo's usually yeah. pretty game for harsh penalties. Yeah, when it doesn't involve him, yeah. Well, well no, but it like involved everybody. him. It involved him. It spun him out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, bad move on me. That's right, but so that's but because the restart reset the order anyways. That's my point, right? So you didn't give Sergeant yeah. a penalty for running into Devries because they both crashed out. So what? But you could give him a grid spot penalty for the next race. And same for Ocon. If 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 you're trying to penalize the action of causing a collision, it shouldn't matter whether or not there is an incident. But you cannot again selectively pick and choose who you award penalties to. If the same thing was done three times in that same incident, that same turn, all three of those drivers should have gotten penalties then. They could have carried on to the next race. It could be grid penalties for the next race. They've done that before. So my beef was, why was Science the only driver who got penalized? Even if there was no reason. There's no reason for the penalty other than to penalize causing a collision. But Sargent caused the collision with DeVries and Ocon or Gasly caused the collision with Ocon, so they both should have award, been awarded penalties as well. Well, weren't they avoiding? They didn't really cause the penalty. They were just Sergeant trying to... ran right into the back of DeVries, just ran right into him, and which is what Botas did in Turkey two years ago and got a huge penalty for it. And then Ocon un- rejoined the track in an unsafe manner, if you want to technically qualify it. And yeah. caused a collision. So that should have been a 15-second penalty, at least. But wasn't that on – we're talking about the third restart, right? Yeah. The, the second to last, the final lap two restart where we lost. Well, with all that mayhem, I don't know. People are trying to avoid my point happening is, so quick. My point is, science was the only person who got a penalty – even though he wasn't the only person to cause a collision. It was just the fact that I think the only reason that he got the penalty is because both him and Alonzo, the two cars involved, were still running. But it didn't even cost anything because the restart set the order, reset the order. So Alonzo didn't lose anything. He just gets but, – but like you said, caught giving signs that penalty created an opportunity for more mayhem because everybody was trying to get within five seconds of him under a safety car. Mm-hmm. So, do you think science should have gotten the penalty or not? Yes or no? No. Great. We're in agreement. Moving on. <laughs> Never mind. So, hey. I think that was all. I think we were both pretty bummed because didn't we have – we both had Alpines in our car. That was just unfortunate, but I feel like inevitable that those two guys were going to – crash into each other at some point this season. Um, 
really sloppy, really weird. Um, but we also get hey, go ahead. Wasn't there another thing going with? Uh, was it? It was earlier in the race where there was a restart, and Hamilton was in the lead, and but he he didn't stay within a certain distance of the safety car and caused all the cars to back up and almost caused a like a three or four car pileup at one point because of the cars coming into a blind turn. They didn't see people going two or three miles an hour and yet they're going 90. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was later on. But, but actually it was all legal because yeah. the leader of the race dictates lab. the pace. Yeah, formation lap. After. Um, and they were talking about, oh, that rule needs to change. Yeah. I don't remember. During the race. I mean, I, there I was agree. just so much. Yeah, there's so much going on in this race that it's impossible to. Let's get back to, to our. Really covered all. Our race results. Let's get back to our. Yeah. Because Carlos Sainz, because of that bogus five-second penalty that we now agree is both – we both agree is bogus and ruined his race entirely, mm -hmm. which he drove an absolutely exceptional race. Let's be real. That, yeah, you know, that I, battle with him and Gasly was just absolutely spectacular. Yeah, that it was That fake-out move on Gasly, I have – it just showed me how much I loved Sainz. Like he's just such he's doing so good this season. He's absolutely above Leclerc this season. I think it's it's really there's a lot to watch with science yet this season. And if he can just get some fair shakes, I mean that that red flag ruined it and then that bogus five second penalty just I feel for the guy. And then I, I almost thought about clipping him saying, No, 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 like you could just see it in his eyes. That was unfair and I, I agree with him a hundred percent. What do you think about Sainz's well, race? Well, I I think he probably should have gotten driver of the day based on his performance. I mean, I, that I was think Perez. I think didn't Perez end up getting it? Yeah, but he would. You expected yeah. him to move up the field. He got fastest lap driver Sainz, of the day. Sainz was there's no expectations. He just drove that car so well hence he, driver of the yeah day. did not deserve to be down in p12 really did not no nope. um which brings no. me to which brings us to valtteri botas which is just nowhere and has been nowhere since the beginning of the season i just i don't know what's going on with my bowie boy seems too focused on his social media presence and his mullet and all the attention he's getting from that that he forgets that he's a racing driver Mm, I don't know. Joe has outqualified him, out him three races in a row, and he's finished dead last, out because, not because of penalty. I mean, he the only reason he didn't finish dead last again this race is because of that dumb penalty on science. And I just, I don't know what's going on. I really don't understand what's going on. And he, I don't think he has any excuses. And Joe is showing that he's a really capable F1 driver. Yeah, he belongs. Um, I think Sonoda also had an absolutely good race, scoring the fir his first points of the season. I think he's 
like shutting up a lot of us doubters, you know, who, you know, were wondering if when compared to DeVries, if he could, uh, if he could hang and carve out that lead driver position. And I think he's doing an absolutely excellent job. He's dri- he's driving excellent races in the last two races. He's just missed out on points, uh, but fought hard the entire race. And, and, you know, this, this race, he fought hard the entire race and, and it, and it paid off. He got that point for what is yeah. ostensibly the the slowest car on the on the grid. Granted, he wouldn't have gotten that that point without you know six cars not being in the race. Um, but nonetheless, I still think he's he's driving pretty well, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, you know me. I like the Yuki. I like a Yuki. Uh, you like a Yuki. Then we had uh, the hometown hero, Oscar Piastri, coming in P eight uh, yeah. and doing some, and driving really well. Uh, the his wet times in uh, in free practice two were fastest overall, showing that you know he's got he's got the talent if if given a, a some machinery that can showcase it. And I think he was driving. He drove a really excellent race. I think he did. I think it was it was pretty cool to see him score points in his home race. Uh, you know the fans were loving it. Um, definitely, yeah. What do you have to say De- about definitely. about old P? Well, I I think he's legit. He's taking a car with I don't know. They did quite well this race, but again, this race was a bit skewed. But uh, yeah, they're. He's driving really well for a rookie uh, with less than ideal equipment and, you know, really showed up at his home, home race for sure. Let you not now, forget, hopefully that, too, let you not forget too, that in, in four weeks' time, in a mere four weeks' time at our next race, is the McLaren's big upgrade. Big, big upgrade. Mm-hmm. Some people, they're, they're, they're shying away from the Spec B kind of car. But it is a completely new direction for the team that they started working on after they saw their pace in preseason testing, and that that just shows their their uh, how long it takes to make some of these changes. But everybody is saying um, that they're going to have a pretty significant upgrade to their pace come Azerbaijan. So well, and this is where people predicted that Aston Martin is going to start to fall off because. Of their, they kind of shot their wad at in the beginning of the season, and they they're not expected to do a whole lot of upgrading during the year. Is what I understand, and so we may see the Aston Martin starting to fall back, and the teams like McLaren advancing. I mean, we'll uh, see. Alonso's left yeah. too. Like we we well, I, yeah. we'll talk about this when we get more to Alonso, but. The scenarios in which he has gotten his podiums have been anything less than straightforward. Um, but before <laughs> before we get to that, we have to talk about Hulkenberg and Norris because some of the finest racing of the day. I mean, let's. I mean, I think without you know, it's the the red flags and safety cars and events are are stealing the talking points away from some absolutely amazing on-track battles that we had uh, in the midfield with, you know, we had Hulkenberg and Norris and then Perez and Sainz charging through the field. 
I mean, just some of them, some of the best on-track battles and and passes that we've seen this year, it, and just were so amazing. Um, there was the the Hulk Norris where Hulk double moved that I thought was getting a little bit, little bit questionable, um, but all in fun, and we got to see Norris do what you know Norris show that he is a an immense talent behind the wheel, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's a huge there's a there's a very bright long future ahead for him and it's just a shame that he's not in a car that that really can highlight how good of a driver he is um oh i it'll come probably i'm hoping i'm 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 really hoping that uh come azerbaijan we see that that mclaren be much more um competitive because I would really like to see a the the qualifying battle between Piastri play out, Piastri and Norris play out more to really see. Um, the- yeah, I, I mean, we talk about we talk about uh, Williams's heritage. What come on, What about McLaren's heritage? I mean, it's yeah, they're definitely way 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 lower than they should be. Yeah, so it's uh. It, it could get really well spicy. Absolutely. Like then P five coming in P five, taking driver of the day and the DHL fastest lap. Sergio Perez. Mm-hmm. He had my vote, man. I think he drove one hell of a race. Um I think without all of the shenanigans, he probably could have gotten on the podium too. Um I don't think he could have gotten to P two like we said, but I think he could have gotten to the podium. Yeah. I mean that that but again, Alonzo would have been with that car and with his tent. But he could have gotten past Stroll if he had more time. I I don't know. Oh yeah, but Stroll could well, have also booted him off too. So you never know. <laughs> uh, now now don't be so hard. <laughs> P Stroll Stroll got lucky on that restart as well because he was getting in the gravel. He would have been stranded out there, I think, in the mud if not for uh, that red hey. flag. I think didn't he get rolling again? And he got rolling, got but back it on track. Taken a long time yeah. with cars rolling around, <laughs> even at safety car speed. Yeah. And then now we can talk That'd about be. about old Fernandio, because I think let's let's recount the conditions in which he got podiums, right? Okay. P the the first the first race, he got lucky. What happened? I, I'm blinking now you're never gonna remember. you're asking me i got old man brain it was something i can't you remember won't... it but then saudi arabia he didn't get the penalty or he got the penalty didn't get the penalty got it given back right and then yeah. this race gets spun out but it's okay we're gonna restart in the order again anyways <laughs> i mean I whatever think he was beached whatever luck Whatever he's doing for his luck, continue doing it, Alonso, because it's working. And if he can just keep being there, we're gonna see a we're gonna see a higher podium step than than third. But let's well, let's not forget that even getting three consecutive podiums for Aston Martin is just astonishing. If, like you said, that this is the the race that we start to see, you know, the the Astons st- drop back down well, to this, even this race P6, we, P7. That's still look, 
vastly this outperforming is, what they were last year and well above the oh, yeah. that they should be at. Well, and then, I don't know. If, I mean, now we're talking about Mercedes clearly outshining in this race, I think. Yeah, but I think... Whatever Mercedes is doing, I mean, they've got... Their straight-line speed is so much improved. Um, and I guess that's the weakness of the Aston Martin. Well, always has been. I think... So... Go ahead, sorry. Uh, Aston Martin has outshined Mercedes all year long, but... If now Hamilton takes P2, who knows? Now we're going to have start to have reliability issues with Mercedes. I don't know. Was it a fluke with Russell going blammo? Um, I, I think Mercedes is starting to make the move there because they've abandoned their original arrow. Yeah, but they side pod. We still have quite a ways until their major upgrades come. These are still the same cars. No, I think they've started to do some some things different. That's why their some. straight line speed is increased. Some, but their big upgrades are going to be a couple races. But their some has caused them, at least here, to jump Aston Martin, which it hadn't been the case. Yeah, but I think Aston Martin, I think their pace distance to Red Bull and their pace advantage over Ferrari and Aston Martin was a little bit condition and track specific. Albert Parks could be. We'll have it to is see a next temporary circuit. It is, and it is a little bit bumpy. It is still a lot smoother than other circuits that we've been at, and they were able to run yep. Mercedes much lower. And we know that one of the strong points of the Mercedes is cold temp. Um, like they they're they're kinder to their tires. They're able to put more energy into their tires than the Red Bull is. Because we saw Max saying it was really tricky to get the Red Bull into the tire temp windows that it likes, and I think that that favored like it was it was very suboptimal conditions for the for the Red Bull in the Ferrari and optimal conditions for the Red Bull or for the Mercedes. So we what 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 the race was saying is that. That it's it's kind of manufacturing a speed advantage that isn't really there, and even in the worst conditions for the Red Bull, Max was still still had two or three tenths in hand. So when we get tracks yeah. and temperatures and 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 setup windows that are optimal for the Red Bull, that's when we're going to see that six tenths to a second still be there, and. Yeah, I, I think, I think what we're really the conversation for the rest of the years is it's going to be who's going to be second, third, fourth, and fifth. How is that going to play out? That's where, and like you alluded to, that is where the racing really happens. So, I mean, and like we 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 still need to point out, there's twenty races left. What? You know, like there's a long road to go here. Um, but I do yeah. think, you know, the other, one of the other big stories that emerged about Mercedes is them calling, is everybody calling BS on them and saying, you know, because they've been so quick to disparage themselves and their pace and how wrong they got it. But after qualifying Q2 or two and three and, and Hamilton finishing P2, 
you know, I, I think a lot of people are going, oh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think McLaren and, and AlphaTauri and, you know, ha more than half the, the paddock would say, I'll, I'll trade you cars if you want, you know. <laughs> so I do think they I did think they looked quick. It was awesome to see Lewis back in, in battles. And you, I think we also saw a different Lewis and a different Max. We saw some big flip-flops because that, we touched on this briefly um, that, you know, that incident with Max is Max backing out and Lewis staying in it. And he didn't even really have right, you know, claim to that corner. Max was ahead of him. Um, but we saw Max being conservative for once in his life. And we saw Lewis saying, well, I'm not moving, kid. <laughs> well, I think, I think that, probably as much as it's hard to say is Max is maturing. He knows what he's got and why lose it on the first lap when I know that even without DRS, I still have more speed than anybody else. And when I know that my teammate is in P15 right now or P yeah. starting from pit lane and he's, yeah. my, he's really my only competitor this season and he's made elude, he's made his intentions quite clear <laughs> and my team doesn't really like me so much cuz I'm an asshole and so I really can't afford to lose <laughs> this this points advantage that I'm going to gain on you in this race uh I think he knew I think there's a there's a different framework at mind here that yeah he, he needs to he needs to keep the car in the race points yeah. are, some there's points a are better than no points and like you said, yeah. if, if Hamilton's if Hamilton's going to be ahead, it's only going to be for a moment because the pace advantage is so great. Let let's not forget that um, Max at one point lost four seconds on one turn when he went off on turn eleven. Mm -hmm. And Hamilton's by the end of that that lap that he lost four seconds to was still seven seconds ahead of Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. There's there's a, still a significant pace advantage, and that was the Red Bull operating in suboptimal conditions. He was able to eke out eleven seconds. I would I shouldn't say eke out, blast out eleven second lead <laughs> on on the greatest driver who's ever lived. You know, mm -hmm. their their car is fast, and we are going to see many more P one finishes. Other points to bring up that. That podium, uh, this is only the second time ever we've had those three guys on the podium together. And combined, there was 11 world titles between the three of them. Yeah, now that was that was very cool. I mean, that I don't care who you like, who you don't like. I mean, that is pretty impressive. And I think it goes to one of the things that you always say about Schumacher's wins and his, his many wins is he wasn't racing against a field of similar ilk that Max is racing against, that Lewis has been racing against. You didn't have podiums with 11 world titles on them. No, no, no. But... Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. We had... We didn't have a moment with Martin because we didn't have Martin Brundle present on this race, but I did 
catch a nice, tasty little nugget from Julian Palmer regarding Julian Julian Palmer. Uh, Julian. That's what I'm saying. It's Julian, anyways. Oh. Yeah, it's just like the Alfa Romero. Okay. Um, when when Magnuson, when they were before they knew just exactly what happened with Magnuson, they thought it was a a suspension failure. Uh, Julian Palmer was able to set everybody's worries to rest. Well, so here's here's your Palmer's perspective on that Ooh, incident with the wall. Very nice. Oh, it hit, it hit the wall, and that's what caused it. Well, that leaves the jitters for everyone else. Just don't hit the wall, and, and you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you worrying if your suspension's going to r- fail because of a curb, it's not. It's just the wall. So <laughs> stay out of the wall, and you should be all right. I think that's that's some good advice for all of us moving forward into the next four weeks of no F one. But we hope to have uh, an episode or two in, in between. You got a shout out. You got a shout out to Palmer because man, that guy can analyze it right. That was so, that was some can, yes that was some very good insight. If you if you can get if you have a chance to check out his race analysis, it is impressive. So it's really good. shout out. Um and and it's great advice, right, Dad? That we should just we should just keep it out of the wall. And we'll be all right. Definitely. Yeah. Keep it, it out of the wall. Good for the paint. Yeah. Keep it out of the wall and keep your eyes peeled for some more episodes of An American's Guide to Formula One because we are. Yeah, we got a four week break, but. We're going to try and do something different, right? Yeah. So if you haven't already yeah. subscribed, like Tim, like Tsos, uh said at the beginning of the podcast, please, 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 uh, it, it really helps get more eyeballs on the podcast to, sub- to subscribe. Uh, if you want to interact with us, which very few of you do, but if you do want to, we do have an Instagram in American's Guide to F1 where we just will post episodes, but it would be a great place for you guys to, to, to ask us questions or uh, – Bring Tell us points. what we need to do better. Yeah, we're we're here. We're uh, open. Um, and please, yeah. please, please uh, rate us and review us on your podcast preference of choice. It does bring more eyes to the podcast. But um, until the next episode, keep it out of the wall, Pop. I shall try. All right. Later, guys. Bye. Hey, bye, everybody.